it was a book that they could really relate to. You know what I mean? Especially me being the author and being there in physical presence, and we all from the same area. And we just read it, and then I already had discussion questions, just like just different life skills, perspectives, and just reflection. That's all. We, you know what I'm saying? And just making them reflect and trying to shift their mindsets into a more positive direction. Welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I chat with Chancellor Jackson. Chancellor is an author based in Atlanta, Georgia. After playing football for nine years at the high school and collegiate level at Stetson University and obtaining his bachelor's degree in communication and media studies, Chancellor had a hard time finding a job directly after graduation. This struggle opened his mind to new possibilities and led him down a path of teaching abroad in China. Chancellor ended up having a life-changing experience while out in China that inspired his first book, 14 Days in Beijing. Our conversation ranges from the events that inspired Chancellor to write his first book, to cultural differences he experienced in China, and ultimately how he's learned and grown from the experience, and continues to give back and pay it forward today. Be sure to check out the resources in the show notes to get your hands on Chancellor's books, and maybe get yourself added to his email list to stay updated with all of his future projects. With all that in mind, just sit back, relax, and get ready for Chancellor Jackson's journey as an author, traveler, and educator. All right, so Chancellor, welcome to the Juxtaposed Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me. Hey, Eric, blessings and balance to you. Blessings and balance to everyone that's tuning in right now. They're the real MVPs, so shout out to them. Oh, man. Yeah, no, so true. Awesome. So to give the listeners a little background, you're the author of You Love and You Learn and Real Love Never Dies, which are part of a romance saga in addition to 14 Days in Beijing, which is ranked number one over 15 times on Amazon and multiple genres and talks about your experience while teaching abroad in China. Now, before we get into the meat and potatoes about what that book is fully about, can you start by saying what inspired you to take that leap and move from your home state of Georgia all the way to China? Um, yeah, man, my whole journey has been nothing but me having to really get shit out of the mud. I had to really work and prove to the universe that I wanted to do what I said I wanted to do. So I always went through trial and error before I finally succeeded in anything. So with job searching, I was job searching for eight months, bro. I'm landing interviews. I'm talking about getting flown out, put up hotels, the whole nine. And just could not seem to land a position. And the jobs I was mainly applying for were corporate positions, sales, marketing, management, that whole nine. So with me graduating, being back home, and still ain't got nothing going on, I'm like, okay, chance corporate might not be for you, bro, because we've been at this for months and ain't really found nothing yet. You know what I'm saying? We came close multiple times, but ain't been able to seal the deal. So it's like... We gotta, we gotta try something else. Looking at something else, cause it's, it's something else better. It's, you know what I'm saying? These folks told you no for a reason. So it's either that ain't for you, or you know what I'm saying? There's something better out there. So just keep looking. And I just switched my uh, job searching up and broadened it, and was looking outside the uh, the U.S. for opportunities. And that's when I came across the opportunity. Uh, I saw a post to teach English in uh, China. 
So I'm like, oh damn, but that sounds lit. Like that's that sounds like an adventure. And I've always been interested in China. In the introduction of my book, um, fourteen days, I flash back to a table conversation I'm having with my family at breakfast, and I'm around like seven, eight years old, probably younger than that. My mom asked my brother and I, "What's three places in the world y'all want to go?" And I make sure that we go. And I was like, China. She was like, why, why China? <laughs> like, she was like, at all places, why there? I was like, the only logical reason I had at that young age was that's where everything is made. You know what I'm saying? You look at the back of any product, it say where? Made in China. You know what I'm saying? I want to go to the land where everything is made. So it was just crazy how full circle they came. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a couple of decades later and um, went out there. Best experience I've ever had. I always encourage people to travel abroad. But if you can live abroad, man, definitely do it. And especially a place you've always been interested in. Hey, man, take that journey and see how much you learn. And uh, just about yourself, most importantly, and then life in general. So I enjoyed every minute in, uh, of China. Uh, the people were amazing, nice, best customer service I've ever received, hands down. Working with the kids was lit. I'm working with kids as young as three years old, up to 14. But I'm mainly working with the elementary school age range so it's mainly games we playing essentially in our uh, lessons so with my background in football I'm finna see who athletic and smart at the same time I'm making a competition but we're gonna be racing jumping you know what I'm saying see who, who, who got some agility all of that so um, we was lit in class so I enjoyed that and especially being a, a, a student athlete being a student now I gotta sit here and run the class I'm like oh man this is a whole 180 <laughs> for real for real um, so it was a process getting that you know what I'm saying getting into that but I, you know what I'm saying they walked my company walked me in eased me into it and uh, you know what I'm saying I found a natural talent in it doing it so I enjoyed working and that's that's what I was there to do so that was gonna dictate the whole experience for real so that was a positive the food phew, man Authentic Chinese food? What? <laughs> Boy, I'm talking about... It's literally a whole different cuisine. It's nothing like we have here in America. Like, you know what I'm saying? The typical Chinese restaurant you're going to go to, man. It's, yeah, it's a whole different type of time over there. And their food is <laughs> it's, it's a lot better. You know what I'm saying? They use better products. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, food is absolutely amazing. You can appreciate the culture um, and just how they are as a people. And, of course, just exploring, bro. I'm from Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm in a whole different world, essentially. So, everything's an adventure, bro. Like, the smallest basic thing you could think you would do here in the States is an adventure and a half over there. Going to the bank? Boy. <laughs> trying, to, trying to pull out something to uh, deposit. Man, you the only foreigner in there. You don't really speak the language like that. So, what? Uh, yeah, that's a process. And they banks is different. It ain't like you just walk in and... You know what I'm saying? You probably stand in line or, you know what I'm saying, walk straight up to the teller. Nah, like, you got to get a little piece of... It's like going to the DMV. You got to grab a little uh, a little piece of paper and you got to wait for your number to get called. So it's, it's on that type of time. You might be in there for <laughs> an hour messing around with them folks. But, um... Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so everything was an adventure. You know what I'm saying? So it was, it was really just an experience of a lifetime. And I was 22... 23 at the time so man i was lit for real for real going to the clubs lit <laughs> nightlife was lit out there in china especially as a foreigner man you know a party promoter a club promoter man you and whoever you with getting in the club for free they're gonna give you a section for free and they bring in a variety of bottles for free yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying 
just cause just so they can use your li- name, image, and likeness. Hey, look, we got foreigners in our club. You know what I'm saying? Partying with us, come party at Club One Eleven or whatever. You know what I'm saying? On that type of time. So it was lit, man. I enjoyed it, and then everything hit the fan, and got locked up out there, and did 14 days uh, in Beijing Penitentiary. I was locked up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 15 men to one cell, nine wooden beds, three soups a day. And all I had for those 14 days was one bowl and one spoon. And I'm here to tell you how I did 14 days. As you read the book, you don't know what's going on. You just done been arrested in your apartment. And after hours of just processing and interrogations, now you in the actual facility where you're going to be housed. And nobody knows you're here. Nothing has been explained to you as far as how this process works, what's going to happen next how the jail even operates, nothing. You just in here. No so with fourteen other Chinese men you can't even speak to <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Twenty four hours a day. So once I was released then that's just when somebody just finally called my name to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was deported from the country immediately and I'm back in America. So now I'm back to square one all over again. Like when football first came to the end. I'm like, okay. I gotta figure out what I'm finna do now, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> but with this time, I got experience, which I lacked beforehand when I was applying for jobs, so you got experience, and not only do you got experience, you got experience working on the other side of the world, that's gonna open doors, so, still in education, just fell into coaching football, I started writing 14 Days in Beijing, and what inspired that, I knew I wanted to do some story, but I'm like, bro, I ain't go through this for no reason, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, of course, <laughs> it was a lot of lessons, personally, I needed to learn from it, but I'm like, I know it's bigger than just that it's something i'm supposed to do with this experience i just don't know what and i'm just powwow one of my tribal members and he was a published author before we graduated high school in 2014 and he was like hey bro you should write a book about the experience i'm like boy that's a good ass idea (laughs) i don't even know where to start but hey that's a great idea that's exactly what we're gonna do and he just (laughs) took it further gave me an outline I started filling in the outline and caught a flow for how I wanted to tell the story. Four months later, it was written. And then this was six months just publishing. And um, while I was still on pre-sale, I was ranked the number one new bestseller in three different genres. And then just from that, just kept the momentum going. Wrote two other books. And um, I had multiple inspirations for writing that. The same individual that inspired me to write 14 Days was telling me to write the romance novel as soon as 14 days was going crazy but I was like hell nah I ain't even trying to I ain't even in the headspace to write that <laughs> you know what I'm saying and then a lot of women that was reading 14 days they like okay you know what I'm saying you talk about this girlfriend all throughout the book but you don't ever get to speak to her then when you get out that's the end of the story so what happened with you and her how that story play out we want to know the tea on that so I'm like but what really sold me was uh, coming across the statistics of the best selling genres and when I saw romance at the top I was, man, I was sold after that. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Hit <laughs> my partner up. I said, hey, man, send me another uh, outline. Send me an outline. Two and a half weeks later, that'd be a rope. Um, and then just spent the rest of the year just getting it ready to publish. So that's what inspired uh, novels and just how I got to this point. You know what I mean? Just a journey of just finding myself once football came to the end. And it took all of that. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, and you definitely have a, a story to tell with 14 Days for sure. I actually listened to the, the audio book of that and really enjoyed it. And yeah, no, I I, uh, I really like that you pointed out that intro too, because I love that intro of, of just you as a kid just talking about how, you know, where's a place you always want to go? Like China, that's where everything's made. Like, it's just such a great intro to for what's to come for the book and just how everything comes full circle that way. <laughs> appreciate it. No, it's great. Uh, yeah, no, and I was listening to your interview on the Glass Half Full podcast, and you said on there that you started learning the language prior to going to China. So did you use like Duolingo? Did you take a class? I guess, how did that work to kind of prepare yourself for going there? Yeah, so um, it's a funny story. Um, <laughs> I was like, damn, I want to start reading more books. So I went to my public library locally and just got a library card. And mm-hmm. with me signing up, the lady was telling me, was like, hey, we got this language app. Uh, well, there's a language app that you can uh, have access to for free just from having a library card. So, um, and this was early in the summer when that happened. So then, boom, when I got hired to go to China, I'm like, hey, I, I know I got an app I can learn the language. So, bet I'm going to take the time to start learning the language. You know what I'm saying? So that's <laughs> it's just a full circle moment like that. Um, that's, how, that's how that played out. It was, it was called Mango. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a dope yeah. app, too. You know what I'm saying? They don't take the traditional approach like teaching you the basics and then advance you. Now you're going to start off learning full sentences and they're going to break the sentences down, each vocabulary word. And as you doing that, you're learning basics. You know what I'm saying? And basic vocabulary and all of that as you progress within the lessons. Like they don't start testing the basic basics until like later into the lesson. So it's interesting. It's, it's reversed. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> they just like throw you right into the deep end. It sounds like, <laughs> No, that's that's awesome though. I'm gonna have to look that up and, and use that. I use Duolingo myself, but yeah, no, I I always love diving into a new language and, and new culture and just experiencing something new. I think that's uh, I think that's really important. So, actually, speaking of which, so you touched on it a little bit earlier with with even just going to the bank. But when you first got over to China, I mean, did you experience any other culture shock other than going to the bank? I mean, um, obviously the language is different, but you know, day to day things. Uh, you notice anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, um, it's a lot of differences. Technology is far more advanced. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the stuff that we're like we just got hip to over the past couple of years, they was already on. So I can only imagine what where they at now. <laughs> um, it's a very strict, strict land, strict country. You can't access any websites that we can access here in America. Like you can't access no Facebook, Instagram, nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can only access certain apps. I mean, certain websites that China approved beforehand. If not, it's quiet for you unless you have a VPN. And it's best to get the VPN before you even go over there. Because once you go over there, you trying to download the VPN. That's gonna, psh, hey boy, that's <laughs> gonna be a process right there. Um, so just they're very, very strict people. Um, strict land. No sense of personal space. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They'll all they'll be all up in your bubble. <laughs> um, touch all on you, you know what I'm saying? They ain't nobody really do that to me, but just hearing uh, stories from other foreigners that was out there, um, hearing their experiences, I'm like, okay, for sure. They don't, the hygiene is different out there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was the biggest one. Hygiene is different out there. Like, one, they don't wash their hands. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't exist. Yeah, that would bother me. <laughs> Man. The school I worked in, bro, ain't have no soap or toilet paper in the bathroom. Oof. Like, they gave us <laughs> teachers our own personal soaps and uh, toilet paper to take it to the bathroom with us. But as far as the rest of the 
kids and the faculty. Oh man, was, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and if they ain't washing their hands, you know they ain't really brushing their teeth and washing their bodies like that. Um, so yeah, hygiene different out there for sure. I feel like that was the biggest thing, and that was in Beijing. So I'm like, I can't even imagine what rural China looked like. That's man. Yeah, it was. Yes,、yeah, just very strict land. Hygiene is very different. The work hours, hours are typically eight hours over here. There's a twelve. Very disciplined people, orderly. You know what I mean?、Mm-hmm. They smoke、oh, cigarettes.、Sure. Chain smoke cigarettes. <laughs> 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 like everybody smokes cigarettes for real. <laughs> yeah, that that would be quite the difference for sure. No, I, I yeah, and even just listening to that glass half full podcast, I remember even mentioning about the bathrooms in there, and I was just cracking up even at just that. <laughs> just all those subtle differences for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, and they got squat toilets. You might find a. A, a toilet, we a regular toilet that we used to here and there, but for the most part, it's a hole in the ground. So you got to do number two, my boy. You might have to hold it till you get back to the crib, unless your <laughs> your groin, your hip flexors and groin is just flexible like that. You know what I'm saying? You can squat down perfectly. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god, that would、uh, that'd be quite the adjustment for sure. <laughs> Oh man, yeah.、Um, no, it, and yeah. I mean, obviously, you had、uh, quite a few. Just, I mean, culture shock aside, you had quite a few just alarming things happen that you already alluded to earlier. So, I guess you want to explain a little bit more about what specifically happened to you that got you inspired to write Fourteen Days in Beijing. Then, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,、um, I got locked up for、um, 1.4 grams of cannabis.、Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know what specifically my charges were. You know what I'm saying? None of that was explained to me. I'm just signing papers that I can't read and thumbprinting them just 'cause they're saying to do it. And it's like really, I'm not in no position to argue with these <laughs> folks. So you know what I'm saying? My best bet is just to be compliant. Just going through that whole experience. You know what I mean? I was just like, and retaining all that. I ain't start writing that book until like three months later of being back. Two three months later, and I. It was just surprising to to me. It's still shocking to me how I was able to retain that much detail.、Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't have nothing to write with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? While I was in there, literally, all I had was a Tupperware bowl and a plastic spoon. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about even to the the conversations and when those conversations conversations took place,、mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying when、mm-hmm. what was said specifically within those conversations, just being able to retain all that detail and get it all out. And once I was you know what I'm saying editing it and perfecting it, I had people over. I just slide them the laptop like, hey, you, hey, read a couple pages just to tell me what you think. I ain't telling them what it is. Just read a couple pages just tell me what you think, and then. You know what I'm saying? Next thing I know, 15 minutes done passed, and I ain't got my laptop back. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They sliding it. Body's just adjusting. Body language changing. You know what I'm saying? Was,、yeah, I'm like, these. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a page turner right here for sure. So I'm like, oh yeah, this gonna go crazy. This gonna go crazy. Um, and then、oh, sure. I caught. You know what I'm saying? Was able to recreate that. The cover really set it off too.、Mm-hmm. And. That was just funny because I'm like I had originally I sketched out a picture of my torso with the uniform jacket on, so I drew out you know what I'm saying my torso with the uniform jacket on my body and the title going across like my chest and stuff, and that's how I 
wanted the um, cover to look initially. And so I'm just showing it to people, getting opinions on it. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, that, that's dope for sure. And I showed it to my brother. And he was like, okay, that's hard. I just, he said, that, that, that's, that's hard. But I think it would be harder if it was an actual picture of you. And I was like, that would be hard. <laughs> but that jacket is in Beijing. <laughs> I ain't, ain't no, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I doubt I'd be able to find that jacket. You know what I'm saying? Specific like that. Um, I'm saying the best that I could probably do is recreate it. But even then, I need to know. I don't know the material, the specific, the specific material of the jacket. But I just know how it felt. You know what I'm saying? I wore the thing for 14 days. So I know. I remember how I feel and how it looked and everything. So I just started scouting for jackets. And I'm like, I couldn't seem to find anything that I felt replicated it. You know what I'm saying? And I was in my brother's closet. And I looked at, just looking through his wardrobe. And he had a Dickies jacket in there. I picked up the Dickies jacket. I was like, hey. <laughs> I'm like, bro, this is the, bro, this is dead ass. The jackets we wore in there. They just ain't had Dickies on them. So I'm like, all right, bet. I went to Dickies.com, found the, the only blue one they had, bought it. Once it came in, I took the jacket and the sketch I drew to one of my partners I played football with at Stetson to his girlfriend. She's a phenomenal artist. Truly, truly talented and gifted. So I took it to her. I was like, hey, can you recreate this? You know what I'm saying? Um, and then just like put your own little twist on it. A week later, she called me back to uh, come to the apartment to look at it. And I just started flat having flashbacks just looking at it like, boy. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this sit right here. It's up. <laughs> now all we got to do is it's a photo shoot now. And that was easy. And I know plenty of photographers. One of my good friends I grew up with out here, Gabo. Hit him up like, hey, bro, let's uh, do a photo shoot uh, for the book cover. He was down. Got another one of my our partners from school, uh, Capo. He uh, recorded the uh, whole photo shoot. So I just had a bunch of content and found, of course, the cover for the book within that photo shoot and had plenty of content to use to promote the book afterwards. But, yeah, that, that, that cover set it off. Mm -hmm. That cover set it off for sure. Um, it sets the tone and title cover, and then, like, once you start reading, oh, yeah, it's, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I just knew I had to do something with the story, bro. I had to. I just ain't know how initially until my partner was like, hey, bro, you should write a book about it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's up. <laughs> no, for sure. And, yeah, to your point, I mean, that cover really is powerful and uh, really is memorable. And, yeah, and I commend you so much, honestly, for taking such attention to detail with everything, especially given the circumstance, because obviously you have much bigger priorities <laughs> on your mind than just, you know, uh, the, you know, writing a book and everything. But you still, you know, um, retained all of that information, collected all of it, put it into a cohesive story. And, and yeah, it really is a page turner. I mean, I listen to the audio books. So I guess I'm not turning pages, but you know what I mean? <laughs> no, me. <laughs> oh, me. Oh, but awesome. The audiobook's theatrical, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's a vibe. Yeah, for sure. No, and you do a, a great job narrating it, too. You got a really good voice for that. Appreciate it. I'm on, um, I'm on my uh, Morgan uh, Freeman shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can tell. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, so uh, as I mentioned previously, and as you alluded to as well, I mean, you're also the author of You Love and You Learn and Real Love Never Dies. So 
I guess, how was the experience of writing those books compared to 14 Days in Beijing? So do, do you find it easier to write a book after writing one already? Does the process get any easier? Does any, anything else come up along the way? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was far. It was just as easy. I just, like I said, hit my pond up. He sent me another outline. And I wrote the romance saga in two and a half weeks. You know what I'm saying? Four oh, months. Nice. It took me four months to write 14 Days. Mm-hmm. So this, the second one, I was like, oh, psh, what? I knocked that. I was... Psh. Man, <laughs> I knocked that thing out. I was going crazy, locked in, just writing every single day, multiple times a day, hours on hours. So, yeah, the process is easy, especially just I found a way, a perfect way for me to, you know what I'm saying, tell stories. I'm just telling y'all true stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like I'm cre- creating all of this. And no, nah, I'm just telling y'all what's really, what really happened. You know what I'm saying? Whoever was there, their names, their real names ain't used, but you know what I'm saying? Their character, yeah, their characters within the story. So, just in that aspect of it, and now that's why I just coach other people. You know what I'm saying through the process, because a lot of people think that being a published author is this esoteric, godlike ability, <laughs> special among us, ever be, be able to experience. It's like, bro, that's not the case at all. Probably back in the day, yeah, it was probably on that type of time when you had to go through major publishing houses just to, you know what I'm saying, try to get published, yeah, mm-hmm. but, hey, Amazon to change the game, for real, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, like I said, the internet has power, empowered everybody, you know what I mean? It should, can be as big as you want to make and go as far as you want to take it. Mm-hmm. No, so true, honestly. It's it's crazy how, um, how much it's changed over the years. Yeah, to your point, I mean, to be a published author, it, it's not as many loopholes as it used to be to jump through. And uh, yeah, it's really honestly inspiring. If you have a powerful story to tell, you can tell it. You can you know spread it around to a big audience, and it's it's really it's really inspirational to think about. Honestly, oh me, everybody got a story to tell, multiple stories. Yeah, everybody got multiple books. For real, oh, yeah. We all have been through <laughs> traumatic experiences, sad experiences. You know what I'm saying? It's just up to us. Are we willing to share it or not? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, for sure. Now, Chancellor, now that I have a sense of your recent life journey, I want to ask a series of questions to get a sense of your travel taste. And these are questions I've been asking all my guests in recent interviews, having an absolute blast doing it. And now, since life is full of both physical and metaphorical journeys, I want my listeners to get a taste of some physical destinations you've experienced or want to experience that are worth exploring. So, you ready to give it a shot? Let's go. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> City, state, or country with the best food, and what is your go-to food of choice? Mm, the best food? I say, I'm going to say Atlanta. For okay. sure. You know what I'm saying? You you can get a lot of great food out here for sure. There's so many different cuisines you can um you can embark on um and certain familiar ones that you know what I'm saying y'all may be used to based on wherever y'all from. But I say the household for Atlanta <laughs> is some uh some hot lemon pepper wings or just lemon pepper oh. wings in general. You know what I'm saying? That's 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 oh, Atlanta that staple. Amazing. That's Atlanta staple for sure. Nice. <laughs> Wings. <huh? laughs> oh man, yeah. It's it's been a few years since I've been to Georgia, but yeah, we'll definitely have to have some uh, lemon pepper wings for sure. <laughs> oh man, change the game. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. All right, uh, most underrated city, state, or country? Mm, I say, I say Oregon. Ooh, that's a good answer. Yeah, I say Oregon. I been, I went to Oregon last year. For the first time, because I got an uh, older sibling out there. And, man, 
Working was a vibe. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I always enjoy being out in nature, mm-hmm. but their scene, their scenery mm-hmm. is on a whole different type of time. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole lot more, just a lot more foresty. I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot more trees. And Portland is lit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Portland is lit. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was in uh, Eugene, Oregon, where uh, the University of Oregon is home to the Ducks. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's oh, a vibe yeah. out there. There ain't nobody college town, for real, for real. So <laughs> you've been to a big college town. You already know what that's like. And, man, the cannabis is cheap out there, boy. <laughs> cannabis is dirt cheap out there. So it's like, what? I feel I've, I enjoy myself out there in Oregon. It's a vibe. <laughs> no, that's a great answer. I, uh, I used to go out to the Pacific Northwest every summer to visit my cousin. He lived in Vancouver, Washington, which is about 20 minutes outside Portland, Oregon. And yeah, I I loved it. I loved going out there, look forward to it every year. Honestly, like almost look forward to it like like Christmas almost. Like it was just like a summer treat for me. And like, yeah, Portland was was super cool. I love Bend. It's just like a super cool uh, kayaking city. It's, you know, it's, it's got a lot of cool like scenery and stuff to do. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love it out there. So, yeah, very, very solid shout-out right there. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Top city, state, or country on your bucket list that you would love to experience someday? Man, I have to say Amsterdam got to be. Nice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard, uh, I know cannabis is legal out there, <laughs> but I heard shrooms is legal out there, too. So, I'm like, man, that's just to be in a foreign country. Geeked up, exploring, man, that sounds like an adventure and a half. <laughs> so, and then with being in Europe, you'd be, I'd be able to, you know what I'm saying, hit other countries for very, very cheap, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Definitely rather hit, hit Amsterdam first because after I get down there, oh yeah, we can make some more moves. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, Europe is wild and it, and it still trips me up that you can just hop to different countries basically like you would travel to different states here. It's it's so bizarre. Yeah, it's it, it's so weird, but it's so awesome. <laughs> no, that's great. Now, your personal favorite city, state, country you've been to. I've saved the heavy-handed one for last. Um... I say, damn, boy, I hate to say this because it's so cliche. <laughs> I hate, but Florida. Yeah, Florida. Okay. Yeah, just because I went to school down there. You know what I'm saying? So I know yeah. a lot of different people all throughout the state. So it don't matter what city I'm in, for the most part, you know what I'm saying? I got ties with people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can tap in with folks. I can link up with people. And I'm good everywhere I go out there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what I'm saying? With living out there for four years, I'm familiar with the vibrations. And, um, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, I feel connected to that land. That's big for me. I feel connect When I feel connected to a land, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, my people must have tread this turf before. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Down the line of, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, my ancestry. But... Is is you know what I'm saying? It gives a better experience with that sense of comfort, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's been a long time since I've been to Florida personally. I I went all the time when I was a kid, and it's a state I really want to go back to and experience. I guess through the lens of an adult because it's been so long since I've been there, and uh, I I want to you know run a marathon in all fifty states. So I'll be back there eventually. But uh, but even just from a uh, hiking and and sightseeing perspective i mean i'm dying to go see the dry tortugas national park and the everglades so it's i got i got a re multiple reasons to go back so i've been i've been dying to go back and check it out again yeah you're gonna enjoy it man it's, it's slow too 
It's slow pace down there in Florida. It's it's a vibe. It's like a a, a southern version of like California mm-hmm. versus you know what I'm saying without cannabis being recreational <laughs> <laughs> right no for sure and i mean just such a, a melting pot too with, with so many different like uh you know cultures and everything and just so many people like mingling together it's great like i yeah i've been dying to go back and experience it again from especially like from the north florida mm-hmm. that's when it's still like georgia and alabama and carolina almost you still get like the traditional forest now you get but it's like the further south you go that's when you start to get into more of the tropical <laughs> you know what I'm saying type of yeah. time so it's, it's Florida's an interesting interesting state I can't imagine what it looked like before it was colonized I bet that thing was a complete jungle like, for real <laughs> Oh, for sure. Yeah, no. Oh, my gosh. I can only imagine. <laughs> you feel me? Oh, man. So much good stuff there. Yeah, so much good content. Um, Yeah, uh, great answers for those for sure. Now, um, do you currently have any upcoming events or projects that you're really excited about? Any other books in the works or anything right now? Um, Right now, just working with these other authors, um, helping them get their books out. I had one client who released his book in October titled The Fatherless Child. And his name is Anthony McKinney, and his uh, book was ranked the number one new bestseller in two different genres on his debut. Um, and it's a great read. It's a drama. Great, great, great read. Um, so uh, very happy for him and excited to see how the rest of these authors come along. And you know what I'm saying? My name is still tied to their books as an editor and, of course, a publisher. So those are my projects of mine as well. Um, so just continue to grow Correlate Publications. Anybody out there that's aspiring to be an uh, author, hey, man, tap in with your boy for sure. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I can walk you through this thing. You know what I mean? Uh, we can come up with a blueprint, and then you can take it around with it for mm-hmm. sure. Oh, definitely. No, and I'm really glad you brought that up too about your publishing company because that was something I'd, I forgot to bring up as well. So, yeah, and, and uh, I am definitely aspiring to write a book someday too, so um, I'll definitely have to get some uh, – some of the trade secrets from you for that, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. You know in good hands like Austin. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, awesome. And you're also uh, coaching at-risk teens, too, aren't you? You're staying pretty busy with with a lot of the mentoring and coaching, right? Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we, um, nice. I partnered with this nonprofit called the UMA Foundation, up Lifting mm-hmm. America's Youth. And we uh, got... We connected with this other program that works with the troubled teens, trying to re- rehabilitate them. Um, well, it's just a p- pretty much a judge like y'all can go to jail or y'all can join this program <laughs> and you know what I'm saying, just try to stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, most of them were arrested for drugs in some form of fashion, rather. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. trying to sell or just caught with it or they're addicts. It was a book that they could really relate to. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. me being the author and being there in in physical presence, and we all from the same area, and we just read it. And then I already had discussion questions. You know what I'm saying? Just like just different life skills, mm-hmm. um, and perspectives, and um, just reflection. That's all. We, you know what I'm saying? Just making them reflect and. Sh- trying to shift their mindsets into a more positive direction just because, you know what I'm saying, y'all circumstances right now, you know what I'm saying, isn't the best, you know what I'm saying, but don't let that discourage you, you know what I'm saying, this does not define you, you define yeah. yourself, so it's like, you know what I mean, take what you need to take away from this experience and apply it to your life moving forward, you know what I'm saying, for the betterment. 
No, exactly. No, seriously, I, I think the work you're doing is extremely powerful because it, you're you're paying it forward essentially. I mean, you had this this uh, this experience while out in China. You wrote a book about it. You know, people. It's a page turner. People are reading it. People are connecting with it. And then you're you're going and you're talking with these at risk teens who are maybe struggling with the same thing. You know, bringing up examples in the book and just sitting down and talking with them. That's that's seriously such powerful work, and I really commend you for that. I appreciate it, man. Like it's the journey, it's the mm-hmm. it's the purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I'm just yeah, exactly walking in it and fulfilling it. You know what I'm saying? Hustling and motivating, <laughs> just like Nipsey. <laughs> no, for sure. No, that's that's awesome. I, I yeah, I really commend you for all that type of work. So cool. Now, is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins and all that fun stuff? Well, I just want to leave everybody with this message for sure. And it's um, from Nipsey Hustle. And for those that don't know who Nipsey Hussle was, he was known for his music and his clothes, but he was a serial entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And a self-made individual, self-made boss, straight from South Central Los Angeles, you know what I mean? But the message is long-winded, running through this life like it was mine, never settling, but setting every goal high. 1,000 burpees on the path to my own self-destruction or success. But what's a mistake without the lesson? You see, the best teacher in life is your own experience. None of us know who we are until we fail. They say every person is defined by their reaction to any given situation. Well, who would you want to define you? Someone else? Or yourself? Whatever you choose to tell me, give your heart to it. Stay strong. So good. I love it so much. Awesome. Yeah. No, this is this is so much fun, Chancellor. This is great. Now, where can people find more information about yourself, your books, and just anything else you want to plug? Yeah, man. Y'all find me the best search engine we got, man. Google. <laughs> Google Chancellor K. Jackson. Everything you need will pop up. Social media accounts. Um, my website, ChancellorKJackson.com. My Amazon page, other interviews I've done, you'll find everything you need. My books are available on Amazon as well as my website. Um, and uh, audiobook 14 Days is available on SoundCloud, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. I think that's I think that's it. <laughs> Plenty so, of yeah. options for sure, though, definitely. Oh, me. Oh, me. For sure, man. No, awesome. Yeah, and I'll make sure to throw all this in the show notes, too, to make it much easier on the listeners. But... Oh my gosh, yeah, Chancellor, once again, thank you so much for taking the time for this. I mean, like I said before, your story is is definitely eye-opening, and, you know, I listened to the audiobook of 14 Days and just, you know, couldn't stop listening to it, really just hanging on to to what was going to happen next, and you definitely have a great voice narrating it, like what I said, and it's it's a very raw and gripping story, and you're a great storyteller, so yeah, I wish you nothing but the best in all of your future plans, and hope you have a good rest of your evening. Hey, man, I appreciate you, man, for having me on here. Mm -hmm to showcase, you know what I'm saying, what I got going on, and most importantly, my spirit. You keep running your marathon, too. Blessings and balance to everyone that's been tuned in and then stayed and listened to the, the whole 40 minutes. Hey, man, y'all some real ones. <laughs> Shout out to y'all, for real, man. Y'all some real ones. <laughs> exactly. Awesome, man. No, yeah, this is this is great. This is so much fun. So, awesome, yeah. Hope you have a good rest of your evening. Hope we keep in touch. For sure, for sure, yeah. I'm, I'll be sure to uh, get your social once we... Uh, Get off of here. (laughs) Right on. (laughs) Cool. Sounds good. Take care, man. All right, man. Peace.
Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to Chancellor's books and socials can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for Juxtaposed Journeys wherever you stream your podcast, And maybe tell a friend or two about the show. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated, and it helps the show reach more listeners. It also keeps new episodes coming out. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire I have linked below. If you're a good fit, I'll be sure to get in touch with you to be featured on a future episode. I just ask that you have some patience, as I'm pretty backed up with any of your requests at the moment. So thank you to everyone who's reached out and has expressed interest in being on the show. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring.